Welcome back to the Mega Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Meir, founder of Meir Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. And I'm Tyler Warner, a small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. All right, Tyler, today we're going to talk about, talk through some examples of things I've seen of things you could do with your accountant throughout the year. So things, ways that we can help you run your business. And I keep saying this kind of term we've kind of adopted, which is do better business. But I think okay. people understand that that's kind of really morphed into our team slogan around here Yeah, um, and just helping people. And so today I'll give you five examples and we'll just kind of, you know, I'll say deep dive, maybe shallow dive. Okay. We'll go a few minutes on each one, just kind of talking through why you're missing out if you're not working with somebody throughout yeah. the year. And, and this presupposes that if you're working with somebody throughout the year that you have, you know, a real time set of books or, or, substantially so somebody's helping you yeah you're past the read phase correct so to speak which means you've got now let's see if i can get it right here no you, you passed the record <clears throat> phase right you're in you. the read phase okay you're yeah. in the read phase so you've you've passed the record phase you've got a set of books you're reconciling your transactions on a on a regular basis right and you've got you know all of your accounting information available and accessible for both you and your accountant it's a beautiful thing huh Unbelievable. Aren't you excited? I am. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, no, but I, on a real level, I think th this is, I know as a small business owner, it'd be great. I'm hoping that these are things that you can kind of showcase the benefits of because right. you're obviously certain, certainly an advocate for meeting with your accountant throughout the year, but I don't know if anybody's going to buy it. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. you're also an accountant. Yeah, I'm the one selling the service. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So... We just talked about going to the dentist. And it's like, you know, of course, dentists want you to go twice a year. But right. I mean, it's like, come on, dude, I'm not. You know. <laughs> right. But I just found out they have Netflix, so that's. Oh that's, no, no, this, that this dentist I go to. Shout out to my dentist, Lindsay Satterfield. Amazing. Yeah. I sat and watched, uh, let's just say, multiple episodes of a new show. Yeah. On in a great, very comfortable chair. With headphones and a remote. Yeah, unbelievable. So, so I think to that point, if you'd start with those benefits, then getting to the dentist is a lot easier. Absolutely. So the same way, yeah. you've got five things loaded up here for us yep. to, to explain what you know what the advantages are of working with right. somebody. And so even if you have a CPA, take note of these things Absolutely. because if you're not asking for these things, then you're you're missing out. You're not getting the full value out of a correct you're your not relationship. Getting, absolutely, you're not getting. I mean, I, I I feel like I've hammered this point, but it's. It's the thing I keep coming back to because in my business, I just keep seeing people missing out. Um, and it's, they think the CPA just does my taxes. Mm -hmm. And again, we'll get into some of these examples and I hope there's some questions. And um, But man, you're really, you're really missing out. And these are all things that have done, that were just with a relationship, either through a, you have an ongoing relationship, so we would prompt you. Or if maybe you saw something, you would call and say, hey, I was thinking about X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. We work together often. We talk often. What do you think? Sure. And it would lead to a better you know, outcome. So first one being, um, sorry here, guys. Got to turn this volume off. All right. First one being debt consolidation and debt planning. So something I see a lot of people really do the wrong way. And I think it's out of necessity they're grabbing for funds is they grab the wrong types of funds in terms of debt. And so what I mean by that is I've seen people use like services like cabbage, high interest rate credit cards when they have an asset readily available to borrow against. And so this isn't a discussion against debt or for debt. And this isn't a Dave Ramsey. This is saying if you need to borrow money and you already are borrowing money, do it better. And so a lot of times I see people just frantic opening up new lines of credit 
And they're not thinking the big picture in terms of, okay, how can I structure my debt best? But also, are there assets that I can borrow against? And a lot of times people own real estate or um, or other types of assets that have equity in them that they can borrow against at a much cheaper rate and to do it better. Mm-hmm. And so that's the first thing. Just a quick and this, this again, point, it alludes to the fact that you've got a decent balance sheet that lists all of your debts, right. and they're reasonably accurate. If somebody like me could come behind you and say, man, you could consolidate all those, borrow against you. You're paying, I saw somebody the other day paying like, I want to say when I annualized, it was like a 40% rate. But, it, but it's on a small, so it's on a $15,000 loan. Mm-hmm. So you pay two grand in interest in three months. Well, first of all, that's alarming to me. But I think maybe it slipped by him just because it maybe, in terms of materiality, it wasn't ten grand. It didn't. Mm-hmm. But man, like so, that just with a quick good balance sheet and some foresight, and somebody working with you, they can say, "Hey, I noticed you open up this new Wells Fargo line of credit. Did you know you probably could have gone to your local bank and borrowed against that building you have at three percent or four percent or whatever?" Right. So that's one of the big things I see is just planning for your debt properly. Okay. All right. Second one, and this is going to hit home. When, give us a give us a an idea of like when a bell should go off. I mean, I would say a bell should go off when you are borrow when you have multiple. Anytime you have multiple lines of credit. Okay. So like most people can get a decent rate on a line of credit. Mm-hmm. Most you know if your credit's good or your business is good, it's when you have to start taking out like you or you've tapped out a line. Great great time to be like, okay, what am I doing here? But just be thinking about like. When I start going to different sources, I've got a I've got a credit card for this business and a mm-hmm. credit card for that bit, like you know, like different, like I've got a gas card and I've got an Amex and I've got a Lowe's, like you you know, time out. That's when you need to just you know take a little break and be like, yeah. what am I doing here? Yeah, you know, and just be thinking about what's the best way to do this. Yeah, I've had I've had interestingly enough, we've had this discussion. Mm-hmm. I had a um, at one point I had was it Funbox. Yeah, about? so it, like it was just because they made it so available. Oh, no. Like literally within our, which is super smart on their end, with, yeah. literally within our like accounts receivable, they're like, oh, want to get this soon? It's like a payday, yeah. payday loan pretty <laughs> yeah. much. So I'm like, yeah, let's try this out, you know? And then, but the fees with that were way out of control. And, and it's then, hard to see. It's yeah. hard to see if you don't do the accounting behind it. Well, I, hate, I mean, I, no, that is yeah. the honest truth. Yeah, but it was a way for us to collect on invoices and then we realize there's okay. This is just not right. This is not a smart. smart and I would also do. say there compared might, to a local bank that like you know could give you a line of credit and it, right. the, the interest rate's like way smaller. You yeah, know? there may be a time. I mean, this is this is not a be all end all discussion. There may be a time mm-hmm. for that thing. Like, man, we've ramped up. Like, uh, we got a new client where this is the case where they've got they're they're invoicing a very major company, big, big sums. And so they might do this to get some credit in the door to factor it, but maybe as a kind of a kickstart kind of thing. So mm-hmm. every scenario is different. Yeah. But suffice to say, when you're op- opening up multiple lines and or going to kind of alternative sources, just something to think about and have a discussion. Yeah. We might sit across the table from each other and go, you know what? This is the best thing for you. Yeah. Use Funbox. Yeah, but at least you're a backstop to say, hey, okay, there's other alternatives. Right. This is, this is out of range of normal. Right. You know? And, we, and again, I talk about this all the time, how we're always looking at different solutions. I've got right now a slew of bankers. Like somebody, I met with somebody today, and they go, look, I'm buying a building. Uh, and we were talking kind of next steps. And one of the, they said, okay, I said, all right, some next steps are, and they said, yeah, we're going to call the two guys you told us to call. 
Just like, just so my point is we want to offer solutions and we're looking for solutions, whether it be a good lender, a good online bank, or a good app to use. Mm -hmm. So that kind of all falls within that realm. All right, so let's talk about tax incentive planning. And this is this is really relevant. I put this in here because because when I say the two types of planning uh, strategies, everybody's going to know them. So, but this this would work in any situation where there's new tax laws and new things going on. PPP, so payroll protection plan uh, loans and employer retention credits. So, a lot of clients we worked with them to get their PPP loans, and a lot of people might say, well, it was pretty easy. The bank told you what to give. They told you. But the, here's the issue, when, and I'm noticing this with clients that didn't use us. We had a little stock, I would say a small fee, just to help somebody with a PPP loan. Because, again, we do it all day long. We know exactly how to calculate it. But I've seen people get less money than they should have because they didn't just make a quick pay us. You know, I think we were charging 250 or 500 just to do a little quick analysis and tell you what documents you needed. I've seen that cost somebody five grand just for a very simple thing. They used wages on their W-2s that were after a 401k contribution. So the point is the wages were less than they should have been. They didn't use the right wages. Very mm -hmm. easy fix that we do, we know all day, but they didn't ask. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the return going, God, man, they could have got five grand more, like free money. So mm -hmm. it's little things like that. Second thing, so PPP and employer retention credits kind of go hand in hand. Employer retention credits right now being the credits that uh, you're getting from the government for employing people during the pandemic. Basically, if you either had a drop in revenue, and I'm not going to get into all the, the details of that, but a drop in revenue or you employ people while you were shut down. Okay. I've noticed in a lot of my clients that we do a little bit of work for, we're kind of proactively looking at their books and some of their books because we, we don't do them. They're not in good shape. Well, the, the, the revenue drop you got to look at it quarter by quarter. So if nobody's looking at that, nobody's accurately adjusting the books, like huge sums of money on the table. Let me give you an example. Employer retention credit. The maximum credit for an employee in 2020 was, well, so $10,000 at 50%. So $5,000 of maximum credit per employee, like credit, money, not a deduction, money in your pocket. In 2021, that goes up to 28000 per employee. So think about that. I've got clients right now, I looked at them in 2021, they're getting $200,000 back. Think about if you're not working with somebody and you don't have any idea about this. Like we send it out in a newsletter to clients, like, hey, these employer retention credits are super lucrative. You might want to, and these are more of the clients that we're not working with on an ongoing basis because we still have a few tax clients, um, but we're our goal is moving everybody toward monthly engagements. And this is why you miss out if you're not, really, you know, looking online or talking to your friends or just ask us the question, hey, I've heard about these employer retention credits. Like, what is that all about? Mm -hmm. But we now are starting a list just to go to our clients proactively. But man, there are people that could have had the money already. Yeah. So that the employer retention credits kind of make the point right now. But there's yeah. always these little tax sure. law changes. I mean, you brought it up in an earlier episode when you and I worked together on the work opportunity credits. Mm -hmm. That seems like, I think that was like 10 years ago, but that was kind of the flavor of the month then. Right. There was some... It was maybe related to a hurricane or something. I can't yeah. remember. But anyway, it was like, hey, if you live or employ people in this area, right. there's a credit for that. So, like, just the point is, work with somebody on that kind of stuff. I mean, you're especially right now, there's a lot of money laying on the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Real quick question though, yep. the employee retention credits, is that just like a credit to your bottom line tax liability or just payroll taxes? No, you're, you're, it's just, it's like a dollar back to you. So like it's, it's, um, it's a credit, meaning it's, they will write you a check. So like if you had five employees that max out in 2020, so 5,000 per employee, you're going to get a $25,000 check. I mean, yeah. you can see how pay that. I mean, if you got five, six, seven, eight employees making decent money, that adds up real quick. Sure. And like I said, I've got a client uh, who's getting back just in the first two quarters two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, but we work with them, and we've already told them we work with them quarterly. We have the quarterly data because that's the that's the crux of this. If you weren't shut down, then the next criteria to meet this is: Did you have a drop in revenue compared to the same quarter of twenty nineteen? You just compare that revenue. If it meets the criteria, boom, you qualify. But you got to have that data, and right. you got to have somebody looking at it. Sure. All right. Um, third thing, and this is a big thing. I think I think you'll probably have a, uh, some thoughts about this: invoicing, collection, and setup. We are doing a ton of work right now with people helping them to get paid better. And I know this from experience that I wasn't having these conversations with clients six, seven, eight years ago. But the more we got into cloud accounting and these ongoing relationships, we're looking at people going, hey, why are you paying $20,000 in credit card fees? You know you could take ACH. And oh, by the way, we know how to set that up. Like, we're having those conversations all the time. I think you and I, I mean, when you first kind of got started with zero, it was like a no-brainer. Like, connect a, you know, connect yeah. a payment source. So that's just another thing. We're, we're helping with clients, but we're seeing that often where we're looking throughout the year and a lot of times, admittedly, this is something done on the front end of an engagement, but still evaluating, like, what are your credit card fees? I've got a, a doctor's office we're doing this with. We run an analysis. Hey, it looks like they're charging you 4%. Is there an option, better option that you might get 3%? What is 1% multiplied by your collections equal? It's a big number. Right. You know, so that kind of stuff in terms of should you, like, this is, this is, a pain, this is something I don't like, but people do it. Should you charge the credit card fee back to the client? Like mm-hmm. I know in zero, there's an option to do that, mm-hmm. and that's attractive to some of my clients. I, yeah, uh, I don't want to you know yell at them, uh, <laughs> but I get no, I'm, yeah, you yeah. know I get it. People sure. are doing that. It's kind of becoming in vogue yeah. to do that. But if you didn't know that, yeah. like if you wanted to do that, would it be nice if your CPA told you, "Hey, I've got a solution for you to do yeah. that"? Well, we li- literally uh, had a client. Um, it's a nonprofit, and they oh. they they sell these tickets essentially as a donation and they they wanted that feature yeah you know to add the credit card fees back right to it and then and then also for online donations yeah because you know they don't yeah. want to have to if it's all going you know 100 percent of the donation goes to this certain fund they right. don't want to yeah eat up the credit card fees right and it's a it's a great way like especially if you do it right then it, the accounting behind it gets done. Mm-hmm. Like in zero, you tell it how to how to handle the uptick on the charge, yeah, okay. and where to put the fee, and how to handle that. So, just like a really nice solution that I would think if you're working with somebody who's anywhere in your finances, you would hope they have an idea mm-hmm. about invoicing, payments, collections. Um, another another thing around invoicing we're doing is, and we're working with clients on is getting a little more granular on their income accounts. I'll give you an example. We have a catering client who we've been working with and we're, we, we've been pushing them to use the software more. And we're finally getting to the point where we're saying, hey, give us the data such that we can break out 
the different types of income you have. You have an event rental fee, you have a catering fee, you have a food and beverage, but you also then have a point of sale beverage. And what we started talking about was, you know, he was like, man, I've never really had a good handle on what my cost of goods sold is as a percentage of my revenue. And I said, well, that's because it's all been blended into dividing by one revenue number. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to say you bought, you know, let's call it $10,000 worth of alcohol. And now we're going to be able to look at that as a percentage of your your food, your beverage sales, and then your point of sale, which we know is all beverages. Because if you go to a wedding, right. the only thing being charged on a credit card is a cocktail. Right. So just those little things that we can then hopefully give him. That way he can compare pricing. He can maybe he's going shoot. We should have been charging more for our well drinks or more for our top shelf. Like mm-hmm. we just those kinds of things come out of these discussions of working with people throughout the year. Right. So just to have that data. Uh, in front of you. Good deal. Number four. Number four. All right. Uh, employee time tracking and setup. And this is this one's somewhat simple, um, but we get asked about it a lot of times, and, and it's from businesses that have hourly employees, obviously. Uh, you know, they just say, hey, is there a way we can just kind of keep, not keep people honest, because that presupposes that they're not. But you get my point. Like, sure. we feel like we're we're missing something here on the time tracking. And look, we use Gusto a ton. Offers a little, a very simple time tracking solution. Offers you, uh, you being the client or a management level to approve edit time. So just and it and it does it in a pretty slick way where you just log in and no more time cards and right. and and spreadsheets and this and that. So just a uh, a really simple kind of sometimes overlooked solution. Like if you feel like man, I'm probably missing 15 minutes here and there on employees. You know they. They take an hour lunch when they should take a 30-minute or whatever. Right. Um, really big time saver if you can just rein that in. Um, so we've, we've seen that. Um, yeah, and and your employees don't want to be jacking with a spreadsheet and all that other stuff either. Too, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, and so the last one, so the time tracking, that's a simple one. Again, we use Gusto for it. The last one I would say is, and, and this is kind of like in a holistic approach of looking at your whole business, your finances, is – Planning for your salary as the owner. And let me give you an example of what I mean. So if, you, if you're if you an S-corporation, which your business is, my business is, a lot of, lot of small businesses are S-corps. Right. And if you've done it in the S-corp, you've had a CPA tell you, you've got to pay yourself reasonable compensation and all that kind of stuff. Well, there are also times when, like let's just say like you had a year like last year, where your income was down. I've had some clients big time down because of the pandemic. Well, why would you keep paying yourself the same amount now, admittedly, the company deducts that salary and you're taxed on it. So that's a wash, right? There's no income tax effect. But the tax effect comes in the payroll tax. So payroll tax is roughly 15% of your salary. So let's give an example. Let's say you're paying yourself $200,000 and business dried up pretty good. Um, you might go to a situation where, especially if you have some equity, again, you've got to have a good balance sheet, to say, why don't we cut our salary down to 100 save $15,000 in payroll tax and take the additional money we need out of the company in the form of a distribution, like increase my distributions. And so the point of all that is, is that you're, somebody's watching and giving you little pointers like, Hey, Mm -hmm. you're, you're unnecessarily paying payroll tax just, just because it's what you've always done. Your salary's always been 200,000, but nobody's even asked you about it. It just becomes a status quo. Yeah. And I would say that stuff's really good, too, because instinctively, you're not, I mean, most business owners are going to feel that to where, like, okay, if you need to cut, you need to cut. But roping your accountant in on it will be helpful because you may not have realized, oh, well, we can save 15000 if we do it this way. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it just goes back to 
all the foundation has to be there. So like to your point when we started this discussion, you know, we're assuming, hey, you're in that read stage of your business, which is, I forget the three I's, inform, integrate, improve. That's what we're talking about. You nailed it, dude. dude I don't think I have them in the right order. Anyway, but the point is, your data's good, you're collaborating with an accountant, now we're working to like massage it. And uh, uh, what I would say in terms of massaging that is a great example of, your accountant coming to you and said, hey, let's decrease your salary. Let's find the money in another place. Maybe maybe you've lent money to the business. Maybe now's the time the business starts to pay that loan back or distribu- you know, do your... Uh, pay you back through a distribution or find some creative compensation methods. Like with the pandemic, you could give people allowances to, for home offices and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just start to get creative and say, look, man, we can really cut 15 grand out in that example. So um, all that to say, if you're working with somebody, these little things bubble up from tax planning to invoicing to payroll. Um, and we haven't even gotten into, I, I think the underlying current here is software and solutions and, and efficiency. Right. We haven't even gotten into that, but we're consulting with people on that kind of stuff all the time too. Yeah. So those are some great, some great ways. If you're not doing any of those, then definitely right. you know where to get started. Yep. Um, so it won't be the same as going to dentist. You can't watch Netflix the whole time, <laughs> but you can, you can definitely get to the nitty gritty on some of these things. Right. Um, what would you say is a good, you know, at the, at the end of the dentist consult, you know, notation or whatever you call it, visit, they're always, you know, the little tech comes by and says, okay, when can we schedule the next, yeah. you know, next two visits? Right. What's, what's your recommendation? I mean, I will tell you, so we, we, I'll give you a little backstory. This week we started looking internally about how we offer accounting services and really accounting for us is the, the, the foot in the door to help you do other things because it's the foundation. And we kind of stumped, we kind of settled on, we were going two routes with clients. One, we called a, a, a DIY or like an assisted DIY and then a full service. So I think what you're talking about is kind of this DIY, meaning you're the client, you're handling your books on a day-to-day, you're invoicing people, you're cutting checks or payments or whatever. But we call it DIY assisted because we think the best scenario is either a month or a quarterly check-in by us. And depending upon the level of your business and the needs and the amount of transactions mm-hmm. and, you know, the materiality, the amount of revenue you do, payroll, all these things yeah, factor and I would And I would also add growth to mm-hmm. that, yep. too. Because if your business is 10 years old and it, it's sort of, it, it's kind of staying the same, yep. then that's different than, like, every year you're growing and... That's know, a good point. Yeah, I, I agree with that. If you're in a growth phase, things are changing. You're 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 adding new employees. You're changing. You're you're adding new products. Like, think you might need a more of a monthly check-in. Mm-hmm. I would say monthly is probably the the most frequent. I would say unless like I mean maybe every two weeks. But for us, a systematic approach for a lot of clients is they're doing their accounting, handling day to day. We pop in monthly, and from that we 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 have a meeting. Right. And so we we gather kind of interesting facts or planning ideas, kind of stuff I'm telling you about now. I mean, it runs the gambit from, hey, your credit card fee is 4%. Let's look for a, a provider that's 3% to why don't you do ACH to, hey, uh, your t- why do you do your time this way? Like just inquisitive, trying to help you. Again, our goal and our passion is to help you do better business. If that means we got to help you implement a new time tracking software, that's what we want to do. 
because we know it helps you. Right. And so I think under that, you know, come full circle here, that kind of DIY, a monthly or quarterly look over the shoulder in a meeting is a great relationship and you can get a lot of value from it. Perfect. All right. Well, if that's, if that's what you need to do, then you go to mirror.group yep. and you guys can schedule that meeting there, call, email, yeah. um, go from there. And there's all the other episodes are there as well. Right. Um, and some other resources, including a self-assessment test to figure out where you are on this total accounting, uh, total control accounting system. Yeah. Come on, roadmap. Get it right, man. I know, man. Sorry. <laughs> I also want to add one thing, too. If yeah, you, you kind of mentioned if you want to get in touch with me. I haven't mentioned this before. A great way to get in touch with me is to simply book a meeting on my calendar. That's So you can do that easily. It's called it's at uh, Calendly, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com slash Marcus Mir CPA. Calendly dot com slash Marcus Mir CPA. Or just Google that. I'm mm. sure you would find it. In, in, you know, and, yeah. and it lets you... Book a meeting on my calendar. So if you want to have like a 30-minute, and these are all free. Yeah. These are, this is like, you know, hear the, the attorneys say you get a free consultation. That's exactly what it is. If you want to book a 30-minute meeting with me, which is what I would suggest, and you have questions about how to do better business and get organized and maybe move to the cloud and that kind of stuff, book a meeting with me. I'd love to talk with you. I love this stuff. I like helping people. And so I think that's another avenue as well. No, that's great. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. See you next time.